every single thing that kind of falls into place after you create that vision. And then it's like 10 steps to get there, right? If you were to put it on a paper of like step one is where I am now and step 10 is where I want to go. Like, what is the next step that you want to take? And it's not worrying about step eight or step six or step five or what's going to go wrong at step four. It's what do I need to do today to move myself a little bit closer towards where I'm going? And you are 100%, I believe it just totally falls into place. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm Maria Sansone. Welcome to another edition of mom to mom the podcast. Um, little question for you. Who needs a life coach in their life right about now? Me, 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 me. Wouldn't that be wonderful to have your own personal life coach? Well, since most of us can't really do that right now, I got you. We are going to have a personal sesh with a life coach. Today, I'm going to introduce you to Raina Odell, and she's going to help us create some routines and some consistency in our life. Give us some tools that will help us get to the closest version of ourselves, because that's really the work that she does with her clients. So if you're the type of person who knows, and listen, this is something we talk about all the time on the show. You know you need to fit in me time. We talk about self-care, self-care all the time. And you're probably thinking, yeah, that's great, but I don't have time to do those things. Well, today, Raina is going to show us actually how much time we have in the day. It's kind of shocking if you think about it. And how we can find time for ourselves. She actually suggests sitting down and writing where you're spending your time. Can you imagine doing that? You'd be so embarrassed if it's like three hours scrolling TikTok or two hours on Netflix. So that's just one of the things that she's going to share with us today. She also talks about the ups and really rock bottoms of her life and how she really made the impossible possible for herself. And like I said, we're going to get a personal coaching session today from Raina Odell. So I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Raina, how are you? Welcome to mom to mom Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm so glad you're here. You know how sometimes the universe sends you exactly what you need? <laughs> it's been like the way my life has gone, I feel like, for the last few years. <laughs> well, today you are exactly what I need, a life coach. Um, I know that you focus on building routines and helping people just live their best life. And right now, I'm at that time of year where I just want to establish some routine, some normalcy after a fun but very wild, chaotic summer. I get um, that. So I feel like we are all ready for this conversation. So before we get into all that, because you've got some very practical tips for us and ways that we can establish routines and stuff, but I want to learn a little bit about you. Your story okay. is very interesting, and I think that our listeners and viewers will appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming a life coach. Well, this is, I don't know if we have enough time to share the entire story. I feel like I've lived like 10 different lives in the last 35 years that I've been here. I grew up in a super small town, graduated high school, went to college for like a period of time, met a boy, got pregnant very, very, very quick. He kind of, you know, he struggled with addiction and things like that for a long time, but we got married. I had another baby. So I have two daughters who are 19 months apart. They are now 14 and 16 though. So I'm in this phase of like, holy 
man, I didn't know what teenage years were going to bring. No one warned me for this, but I filed for divorce in 2016. Um, my ex struggled with addiction the entire time. So through that, I developed, I mean, I was struggling with eating disorders. I had depression. I had anxiety. I had all of the things that kind of came along with that. And then filing for divorce, I had the stress of raising two girls by myself and also growing this business as an entrepreneur. In that phase of life, I was more in the wellness online wellness community. I did like fitness and nutrition coaching. And then also during that time, I had um, a few surgeries. I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and ended up having um, massive surgeries to remove my large intestines. So I actually wow. live with a permanent ileostomy now. So it's just like my, all of my, what I knew just kind of got picked up and thrown out and I had to kind of rebuild and figure out what new was and what that looked like and felt like. And it's been quite the journey. So I am now, I live in Denver and I have two boy puppies. They are my babies. And I have my two teenage girls who are 14 and 16, like I said, and I am single and building businesses. And I started the life coaching thing, life coaching thing. I started my life coaching business <laughs> um, in January of 2021. So it is fairly new. Um, but you know, after I was in the wellness field for nine years, and after nine years of that, I was like, you know, it doesn't matter how many workout routines I provide, or how many meal plans I provide, if people don't realize how to fit this in their day, they're going to constantly procrastinate it and constantly make it something that they are just not consistent in and not taking seriously. Oh, so wow. that's when I kind of shifted into that. So, so you're able to kind of tie those two things together. I think Definitely. I don't know anyone who isn't in a place where they want to work out a little bit more or, yeah. you know, find some space for some fitness, some wellness. But as moms, especially, we have a very hard time because we put everybody else first. So it seems yes. like you kind of marry those two things, like creating a routine, but then also bringing in the wellness piece, which yes. is so needed for me right yes. now. <laughs> well, I'm here to help. <laughs> so did you, when you were, you were kind of like in your professional life, dealing with people and helping them with wellness and fitness and nutrition, and then segueing into life coaching. And then at home, you were dealing with all of this personal stuff. Did you feel like in a, in some ways you're almost like living a double life, like chaos at home and then at work was something I really different? Definitely did for a while. I even remember at one point, going to my mom and having conversation with my mom and I was upset and overwhelmed and I was probably crying if I can remember correctly. And she goes, and it was just like the stress of what you just said, but she said, Raina, you're literally living two different lives and trying to balance two different lives. Like what feels the most authentic? And so it was, but that's also very hard. Like my business was the majority of it was social media. And so there was also this way I had to show up and how I had to present myself and that kind of thing. And so I will pat myself on the back saying, I feel like I do a pretty good job now of kind of merging the two and showing up in a way that feels authentic um, to build my business, but also piecing in my real life and showing that, you know, there has to be a routine. There has to be this balance. I hate the word balance. I feel like balance is such a silly thing Charged. to talk about. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but I think you can do both. And I think there's a beautiful way to do both. I think it's just about gaining clarity around what you want and what you want your day to look like and feel like and flow and the energy you want to carry and all of that kind of stuff, stuff too. So for you, was there something that really was your tipping point? Was there a point where you really said, I need to change in order to live this authentic life in order to be healthy and be the person that I want to be? Yes, it kind of happened 
perfectly where I filed for divorce, got diagnosed, had three surgery. I mean, that was all within like 2016 to the end of 2018. So within like, you know, a year and a half, I, my physical body changed, my mental state changed, my environment changed, my support system changed. Everything was kind of just shifted. And so I actually spent the entire year of 2018 just being like, I, I feel healed. I have healed physically. Um, I have healed. I, I need to heal mentally. And so I decided to travel and did a lot of traveling and just with my children and without my children, just to kind of reestablish like who is Raina and what does she need and what does she want life to feel like? And what is she working towards and all these things without every outside influence kind of playing a role, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Talk a little bit about routines because I know that's a big part mm-hmm. of your messaging and what you do and when you work with people and work with women. Um, so how important is this routine and what does that look like for us? I think it looks different for everyone, which makes it kind of hard. Um, I hear often, you know, people will message on Instagram and say, well, I don't, I don't, I can't have a routine like you. I can't do what you do. And I'm like, well, I don't, my goal isn't to help you build a routine that looks like mine. My goal is to help you build a routine that feels good to you and checks all of your boxes. Because, you know, I think it's really hard to kind of shift into that consistency in a routine when there's no like pain point that's really kind of like screaming at you in that moment. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. My big shift happens because physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, like all of the things I was like, something has to change. And I feel like women get to this space where they feel that, but they don't know where to start. They feel this, you know, overwhelm and wanting to pull their hair out and they don't have any time for themselves and they don't have time for this or that. And, you know, like you said, in the beginning, we're kind of giving ourselves to everyone else, but realize, that I don't, I don't think a lot of women change or make that shift into a routine because they don't think that they're worthy of having that for themselves. And so I think a big part of what I do is helping them see that they are worthy of that and that you do deserve to feel good. And there is something more than where you're stuck right now. I remember just being in this space of like, maybe this is it. Maybe this is as good as it gets. Maybe I'm supposed to be married to the addict. Maybe I'm supposed to be, you know, struggling to raise these two children and that kind of thing. And it's like, no, you deserve to actually feel good. And until you experience that feel good, I feel like it's really hard to kind of create that vision. You brought up a word that I hear a lot among my mom friends and people I interview here on the show, overwhelm. Mm. Overwhelmingly, that is a word that I hear um, all the time. So I feel like a routine definitely would help with that because I would imagine as adults, in some ways, the same way as our kids need some structure and some routine, they, I know, feel comfort in that. It makes them feel mm-hmm. safe, makes them feel orderly. Um, are we sort of like children in that way that we we feel some some security in a routine? I feel like you're spot on. I feel like at some point, I don't know if it's middle school or high school, I'm seeing it in my teens now where they're like, I, there's no way I'm going to wake up and do that. There's no way I'm going to like, you know what I mean? They're, they're kind of like rebelling against this routine in a sense. And I feel like we do that at that phase of our life. And then we get to adulthood and we're like, oh yeah, that might've like, oh yeah, we should be maybe living like that. Yeah. Um, but I really think overwhelm, I, I think overwhelm is more distraction. I feel like we are distracted and mm-hmm. we are really lacking priority um, and like prioritizing the things in our day. And I think that causes that overwhelm. So yeah. that's where I believe that routine comes in. And it's, you know, once you know what you want to show up for and what you have to show up for and what the non-negotiables are and what are the things that I want to do in my day that make me feel good or that would make me feel good and kind of prioritizing those things, I feel like there is less distraction, which means more consistency. Absolutely. In routine, more feel good. 
And just the simple things like the power of making your bed in the morning. And I remember reading about yes. this and I wish I could remember where I read this so I could share it with everybody. But um, just the simple act of making your bed in the morning, it makes you feel good and yeah. it makes you feel organized and it makes you feel um, like you're doing something positive. Put together. Put together. You're, you're yeah. putting your best foot forward. And that's something we've implemented in our house really now that the kids are a little yeah. bit older, just having them make their bed. And I know yeah. for me, I actually do feel like, I'm like, okay, I'm a good citizen of the world here. <laughs> I've made my bed and it's not even 6am yet. Yeah. Um. So just yeah. like, is that what you recommend for your clients? Little things. Just like little things yeah. they really add up in the day. Yeah. Or and helping them kind of cast this vision of like, you know, what would feel good? Like you showing up as your highest self, like the highest version of you, like, what would she do? What would that look like? What would she, how would she show up in the morning? She probably wouldn't ignore the, you know, tangled sheets and pillows on the floor. She would probably make the bed, right? She would probably take time to fix her hair maybe and like feel good. Like because that stuff energizes you and it's not about the looks or about being whatever. It's just that stuff makes you naturally carry yourself a little bit different and makes you show up a little bit differently, which in turn, I feel like creates just this insane energy you can't deny once you're in it. What do you think it is that's stopping us from from being our best selves, from for, for showing up the way that we want to be as our highest self? There's something in the way, it seems. Yes, there's a big block. And I think most people identify that as like calling it stuck. They feel stuck. Um, I hear from a lot of women, this like lack of direction. I know I need something different, but I don't know where to start. And I feel like that is for lack of better, like a cop out almost like it's them saying, I'm not willing to get still and silent and really listen to what I actually know I need. I feel like deep down, we all have this like intuition that's just like screaming at us, right? It's like these gut feelings, these, these, this energy where we're like, I know what I need to do. I just, what's the block? Why well, the, am I scared? The hardest part is starting a lot of times. Yeah. Especially if you don't know where to start. That's probably but do you it. believe that we don't know where to start? Or we don't want to. Want to start. <laughs> I, mean, I think yeah. that's the bigger thing. Because <laughs> we're not, yeah, we could figure out. It's just maybe fear based too. Yeah. It's like, maybe we're afraid to get to that place. I believe that fear is a big part of it. And I actually, over the last couple of years, have started journaling, which has been like a giant outlet for me. And I, that's where it actually started was because I was like, there is something in the way of me getting to next Reina, whatever that is, whatever that looks like, what am I so afraid of? Why am I not letting myself do the, do these things? And literally putting that on paper and asking myself, why, 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 why over and over and over again, just to get ridiculously curious about what those blocks were and why I was getting in my own way. There must be something truly magical about journaling, because when you look at the highest level people, the most successful people, and you look at their morning routines or their routines, one of the common denominators is journaling. Um, when people are going through major life changes or recovery, for example, um, when they're you know getting off of a substance, journaling, it's like it always comes back to journaling as being the key. Why do you think this is so powerful? I think we are so busy up here. I think there are thoughts just going 100 miles a minute and we don't know how to distinguish what is false? What are thoughts? What are just like make believe like stories we keep telling ourselves versus what's real? 
and what we are capable of and and writing out our actual experiences. For me, I think that the biggest thing in journaling is just it helps me kind of distinguish that what's what are the stories I'm telling myself as an excuse and what's the reality of the situation I'm in. Okay, I have a perfect real life example <laughs> of a roadblock for you. I know how important journaling is. We talk about it. I interview people who tell me how important it is. And I have not started because I can't find the right notebook. <laughs> this one doesn't feel right. Oh, this one doesn't feel. Oh, maybe I'll do it on my computer. No, I don't want it on my computer. I want it to be more uh, yeah. tangible. And then, oh, but what if someone sees it? I mean, I have every excuse. Mm-hmm. As to why I can't do it down to something ridiculous. Like I don't like the way the notebook looks. Yeah. Idiotic. Fear. Fear. Roadblock. What are you afraid of? Right. Unmotivated. I don't know. Perhaps. (laughs) Perhaps. Something. There's something deeper there. I think it's so common though. I think like I hear all the time, like they're just terrified of someone finding it. And I'm like, burn it burn the journal then like write it and burn Burn it it. because it's not for anyone to see it's for you to have that release and that that discovery of like what's the next step for me where do I need to move forward how do I move forward but I was I mean it took me it took me a good 30 days before I like let go of ego and allowed myself to really dive into like deep uncovering of the stuff that I needed to uncover it was very surface level and very like I don't know what to write and I'll and, like stop at half a page, you know? Right. And the key, it, like the answer is in here all along, you know, you just kind of had to like pull it out a little bit. And I know yeah. a lot of, um, there's a lot of apps that can uh, prompt you and ask you questions so that you're not lost in no man's land. Yeah. I know actually that you're working on a course to I help am. women with some of these exact things. So what are some of the things that you're focusing on? I'm sure that you have like your common complaints or pain points that you hear from the women yeah. you work with? Well, I have a couple different courses. I have one that I actually teach journaling. Um, and I'm still like mind blown that I actually get to do that and can actually turn that into a business in some sense, because yeah. so many people struggle with how to start, what to do. And so I, I have like a full course that teaches like prompts and here's where to start and giving them like keywords to kind of help them uncover and fit it in in their day and things like that. Um, But the current course that I'm working on is to help women build routines, regardless of how much is on their plate. That's kind of my little, my little subtitle is helping people build consistent routines and show up for them no matter how much is on your plate. Um, And so some of those things are like one, creating a vision for yourself. I feel like a lot of people don't even know what they want. They don't know where to start. They can't put themselves in this, like, what would it look like in a couple of years if I did X, Y, and Z? So helping them kind of cast that vision, um, teaching them how to actually sit down and use a planner and put stuff on the calendar that matters to them. I am a big fan of like time blocking my schedule. And so I schedule joy. I schedule breath breaks outside. I schedule walks with my dogs. Like I schedule things because I also am like a big fan of like putting the line through the to-do list on your calendar. I like love that stuff. So I schedule it and I teach people how to do that. Um, but it's a lot of like, it's a lot of journaling. It's a lot of helping them kind of uncover deep down what they actually want their day to look like and feel like and how they want to carry themselves and what's the energy that you want to carry throughout the day. I imagine a lot of women would say to you, that sounds great. I just, I don't have time. I've got a full-time job and I've got kids and I have stuff I got to do at home. And how do I 
find the time to do all that stuff. Cause that sounds great, but in a perfect world, I in hear. a perfect world. So how do we <laughs> not just pencil it in, but how do we ink this into hmm. our planners to make time for ourselves? That was an excuse that I used a lot. And I emphasize the word excuse. Um, and so one of the activities that I did, I actually have a free tool on my Instagram and on my website called the Gap Finder Journal. And so I sat down and I said, okay, I just need to figure out where the gaps are in my day so that I can fit in the things that I actually want to take serious, that I actually want to prioritize. And so there is a Gap Finder journal that I use where I say, okay, just like what time does the alarm go off? What time do you actually get out of bed? What happens next? What happens next? What time do you clock in for work? When was breakfast? When did you like really having them kind of go through and identify every single thing in their day? And I found for myself that, you know, on day two or three, I was like, well, I can't write three hours of Netflix. Like Ugh. I cannot person, like I can't right. write that. My ego is going to be like, oh my God, she did three hours right. of Netflix. But also the time that we spend scrolling. I, oh, that's what I was going to say. single woman I talked to was like, I just get lost in my scroll. And I'm like, okay, well, how do we stop the scroll so that you can fit in the things that actually make you feel good? Oh my gosh. That would be, yeah, to just be accountable for, for how we're spending our time. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, if I had to go at the end of the day and clock, you know, two hours scrolling Instagram right. or TikTok. You're like something mortified. needs to change. <laughs> yes, but it's it's the reality. And then yeah. I say I have no time, mm -hmm. but it's just 100% sucked. It's oh not prioritized. So, yeah. okay. So let's say we work together. We establish an amazing routine. That's almost the easy part. How do yeah. you keep the routine? <laughs> I typically work with clients for a month or two, and we have several sessions in between there because I think accountability is so important. Um, having someone to check into that is like, why didn't you didn't do that? Why didn't you do that? It, there's a, that trending audio right now that's like, we just spent 45 minutes. And I'm like, that's how I feel every time I talk to someone. We spent 45 minutes creating this. Why didn't you show up for that? But I, I think accountability is huge. But I also challenge my clients to share their new routine with their significant other or their children if they're old enough or the best friend or their parents or whoever is in their community. Because if you guys are all on the same page, then it's way easier for you to show up for that versus kind of fighting this like boundary fighting that we have kind of put in. Does that make sense? <laughs> totally. Accountability is huge, I believe, in this because of course we want to feel good, but we want to be feel supported and in the feel good also. So this is all great stuff. And I think anyone listening right now is like, yes, I want to get on board. I want to make a better life. I want a routine. This sounds great. What would you say to those people? Like, what is something that we could do today? We talked about like how little things make a big difference. What is something that we could do today to start putting our feet in the right direction? I feel like it's different for every single person. And that's like not the answer that anybody wants to hear. But I really would challenge that person who is kind of eager to start to one, identify the gaps in your day and then to create that vision. Where do I want to be a year from now? What do I want my day to look like? What do I want it to feel like? What's the energy that I want to carry? So two parts, create a vision of what you want. And I often say like, again, the highest self me, but also like if time and, and money weren't an issue, what would your day look like? Right? If you still had your spouse, you still had your kids, we're not getting rid of them. You still have your job. You still have these things. What would you do with your day? If you felt your best money and time weren't an issue mm. and you had your priorities in place, creating that vision, but also identifying those gaps, I think is step one. So I imagine you're a big proponent of vision boarding as well. I, I have one right in front of me. 
This is staring at me every single day. (laughs) We should probably do an entire episode dedicated to the vision board because it's almost freaky how. Oh my gosh. And I didn't do anything special. I didn't like cut out images or anything. I just wrote in the back of a notebook, very specific things. And in a year, one by one, they just started happening. I was like, whoa. I am such a believer of manifestation. And I know that's a little woo-woo. I remember two years ago going through this really dark time and I wrote, I did these journaling exercises. What do I want my day to look like and feel like? And I wrote like, I feel like this when I wake up and this is what I do next. And like in such detail. And I journaled the other day, flipped back and I was like, holy cow, I am literally living that today. Like it is literally my life right now. And so it kind of prompted me to create it. Like, what do I want it to look like two more years from now? And I'm like, every single thing that kind of falls into place after you create that vision. And then it's like 10 steps to get there, right? If you were to put it on a paper of like, step one is where I am now. And step 10 is where I want to go. Like, what is the next step that you want to take? And it's not worrying about step eight or step six or step five, or what's going to go wrong at step four. It's what do I need to do today to move myself a little bit closer towards where I'm going? And you are 100%. I believe it just totally falls into place. It totally falls into place. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you heard it here first. You're going to come back. We're going to talk about vision (laughs) boards and visions and manifesting because we're out of time today. But Raina, thank you so much for being here. This was an absolute joy. It was so nice to meet you. So nice to meet you. I had so much fun. I appreciate it. All right, that's a wrap for this episode of Mom to Mom, the podcast. If you like what you hear, you can find all of these podcast episodes where you find your podcast. I ask that you rate and review so that more people can hear this and maybe it can help them. Also, if you're in the New England area, you can watch Mom to Mom, the TV show. We are on Mondays at 11:30 a.m. on NBC 10 Boston. All right, I hope you got something out of today's show. I definitely did. Um, And I'll see you back here next week on Mom to Mom. Bye, everybody. Mm